0: Welcome to Well Now, Slate's podcast on health and wellness.
1: I'm Maya Feller. And I'm Dr. Kavita Patel. We're bombarded with messaging about what wellness is, how it looks, and what, quote, lifestyle changes we need to make in order to get there. I could not agree more, Kavita. I mean, at the beginning of the new year, I'm seeing
0: all of these ads for body composition scans, gym memberships, detoxes,
1: I mean, you name it. Deciphering which new wellness trend works for you can be challenging. And in a moment, we're going to speak with someone who worked to define wellness for some of the biggest health magazines in the country. Okay, but before we get to that, Kavita, I wanna
0: do like a little dig in to how we define wellness, like both professionally and also for ourselves and families. So I don't know that I've got this particular definition of wellness. I have an idea of what it's absolutely not, but I do think that there are a number of variables that we have to think about and they contribute to overall wellness. Like I think about physical health, even in the presence of a disease diagnosis, right? Like as being a part of wellness, someone might have a chronic condition, for example, diabetes, and if it's well-managed, I do think of that person as being well I also think that community and mental health are important parts of wellness. Maybe they're even like pillars that fit into that overall wellness puzzle. And the same goes for finances. I mean, Kavita, one of the things that I do think about is that in dominant culture, wellness is often portrayed as something that can be purchased, like those body composition scans. You know, it's such a broad topic, I feel that my definition is ever evolving and that it's multifactorial and takes in so much more than the individual. Like I think about their environment. I think about their family and their job. All of that plays into how quote unquote well a person is. Okay. Well, with all of that said, Kavita, I'd really love to know, like, how do you think about wellness for yourself?
1: Okay, Maya, don't laugh. I'm going to take you to teen, preteen, teen teen me, one of my most visual, striking memories, as well as, even to this day, something that stays with me. It was so influential on my overall concept of what I should look like and what wellness is, is the music video to George Michael's Too Funky. scene of the four supermodels at that time. And supermodels really, you know, were a term of art at the time and hadn't existed before. And I think Cindy Crawford, Linda Evangelista, Naomi Campbell, and Christy Turlington were kind of the four women that were featured in George Michael's video. And it was a video, if anyone hasn't seen it, the catwalk and the runway with these four supermodels. And honestly, Maya, as a, a brown woman, you know, you're watching Naomi Campbell, this amazing, like, black supermodel. You're watching these other women who all had kind of interesting features, Cindy Crawford with a mole. So you thought, well, that is what wellness is. That's attainable. That's what beauty is. And and so that started my definition of wellness. And it was not just iconic, but it probably set me up and probably millions of women up for failure in a way. And so what I've evolved to now is thinking about what I want to do. I think about wellness in terms of functionality. I want to be able... To climb stairs when I'm 90. I want to be able to have an incredibly like long set of walks with friends. I don't want to feel limited by my physical self. And that includes the clothes I wear or the beauty products I use or what I put in my body. So, Maya, that does mean that I'm a little indulgent. You're the nutritionist, but if you tell me that I only can eat just fruits and vegetables and whole plant-based grains only all the time, every day. I'm going to be a little miserable. So wellness for me is also the mental health and the happiness part of it. But man, I've come a long way from the quad and thinking about a model runway as my idea of wellness. What about you, Maya?
0: I mean, first I have to say here, here to that, right? Evolution. I love that you have noted the evolution of how you think about wellness. And I'm right there with you on the desire to be able to move. I want to travel. I want to like experience joy and be of sound body and mind to be able to do that. I also, Kavita, I have to think about where we are right now in this like wellness imagery. TikTok It's one of the biggest driving forces of wellness misinformation and disinformation. I have these images of the internal shower. Let's talk about this internal shower trend because it's literally going viral. And basically, this internal shower is going to be calling for an external shower, if you know what I mean. Chia seeds are full of nutrients. Of influencers mixing chia and water And suggesting that people drink these large quantities so that they're well. This chia seed water helped me lose 40 pounds and maintain this drink concoction. I have images of people blending celery and juicing lettuce and saying this is the end-all, be-all, and how everyone is going to step into the pearly gates of wellness glory. 16 ounces of celery juice first thing in the morning. That's pretty much it. You don't even drink water when you wake up before this because that can dilute the benefits in your stomach. Don't eat anything 20 minutes. As a dietitian, that's really what I spend the majority of my time Mm -hmm. talking to patients about. Like that trend that you see there is not Kavita in line with, oh, in the future, I want to walk, or I want to be able to laugh, or I want to be able to eat different textured foods. (laughs) So, you know, when I think about this wellness messaging, I feel like we, as people on the more, I'd say, and I don't know the best way to say this, but the more moderate side have to really talk that language of not being limited and not being extreme, because that is a huge part of wellness for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Maya. I'm just curious, how does this show up in your practice at Maya Feller Nutrition? Because I know this means a lot when I show up with patients, and I suspect the same is for you. Yeah, that's a great question, Kavita. So, you know, as women of color, right,
0: for sure we are in the minority in healthcare spaces. So a lot of people are actually coming to Maya Feller Nutrition because A, they're looking for diversity in terms of people's racial and ethnic backgrounds. And that's something that we provide. Another thing that folks are looking for is that moderation, that discussion around It's okay to, and it's actually encouraged to lean into foods that are comforting, lean into eating fruits and vegetables that are culturally relevant. They also want people who were going to provide anti-bias care. We're not going to say, if you don't juice your celery, well, you know, damn you. I feel like when we see patients, we're doing a lot of just resetting kind of the script around what it means to engage in health forward behavior and in a realistic way with minimal judgment. But how is it showing up for your patients when you're, talking about wellness?
1: Oh, you know, while you were speaking, I, I was trying to actually visualize like just many of these moments I have, I often will see. And just to be clear in my practice, it's a primary care setting in what we call kind of a community health center, federally qualified health center. So these are primarily, I would say this actually represents the majority of America where they are living with either paycheck to paycheck, side gig to side gig, having kind of hard times if they needed to subscribe to a wellness, you know, food subscription model, which I've suggested sometimes to patients because they don't have time to cook and that can sometimes be unattainable. So it does show up for me, it shows up very practically with patients with what I call wellness hacks. So it's very hard for me to tell someone, well, you should lower your calorie intake and improve your, you know, plant-based or whole grain intake. What I usually do is I say, what's the like one food you enjoyed the most where you never want to give it up? And some people will say salty potato chips, Pringles, Lay's, this type of thing, branded potato chips that even I can identify with and say, yes, I understand. I say, okay, Next time you reach for those, take half of that. Or next time you reach for a soda, swap it out with water. I've even suggested to patients who have been drinking a bottle of wine a day to water down wine. So I would actually tell you that it shows up with a series of hacks that you won't find in any medical textbook, but I think are more meaningful than probably my 20 years of medical education because people need practical approaches based on evidence and science. That's what you and I bring. We bring the evidence and the science but we offer a more accessible way for people to get there. And that includes mental health. I have been a big proponent of, you know, if you can, no matter where you live, start five minutes outside somewhere, somehow, even if it's just getting out of your car in the parking lot and stepping outside, because whether it's cloudy and dark, that hit of air is incredible. And, you know, three deep breaths can make a big difference.
0: Oh, yes, Kavita. You know, one of the things that we often tell patients, and we even said this during the pandemic, was if you're able to go on your stoop before noon where there's a little bit of sunlight, I'm in New York City, so that's why I say stoop, but get out there and just let that sunlight hit your face because so many of my patients, and I feel like people would be surprised, they just don't go outside.
1: It's true. Well, so clearly, depending on the context, wellness can take on so many different forms. And that definition of wellness can change depending on who you ask. So after a short break, we're going to chat with someone whose job it was to define wellness
0: for notable health magazines like Shape and Self. People have
2: become very comfortable with their own idea of wellness, and that could be really anything at all. (laughs) It's a reason that there is a constant debate of like, how do we show wellness? That's health and wellness
0: journalist Isabel Burton after the break.
1: It's Kavita. If you're looking for even more conversations around what it really means to achieve wellness, then you have to check out Embodied, the award winning podcast from our friends at North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. Each week, Embodied's award winning reporter Anita Rao holds up her journalistic lens to so called taboo topics to help answer some important questions about our bodies and our society. And nothing's off limits. Hear from expert guests, including strippers, historians, and psychologists as they break down everything from the history of hookup culture, to how the self-help industry is profiting from our problems, to how a schizophrenia diagnosis can impact intimacy. If you need a place to start, I highly recommend checking out their recent episode about crying, why we do it, and why it often makes us feel better. So go ahead, follow Embodied and get new episodes every Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Welcome back to Well Now, Slate's podcast on health and wellness. I'm Maya Feller.
1: And I'm Kavita Patel. One of the keys to understanding wellness is learning how and when it emerged as a popular idea in the first place. And one of the key drivers of the wellness movement came from the media. Hi, Women's Health, I'm Whitney Simmons. Welcome to another at-home session of InGoop Health.
0: So those are my wellness essentials. Thank you, self, and thank you for watching.
2: Hey, John Baptiste, it's men's health.
1: Hey, men's health.
0: Decades and decades before there were influencers, there were magazines and journals where discussions of fitness, nutrition, and health were coming together to form the foundation of what many of us now call wellness.
1: Our guest today has spent decades of her career defining what wellness and health means as a writer and editor. Isabel Burton is currently a freelance journalist with work in some of the most notable health magazines. You've all read them, so have I. She was also the former executive editor at both Self and Shape. I have to say, Isabel, two of the most influential magazines that I would often kind of tear out and actually bring and and give to patients because I think so many of the articles were spot on. I'm going to give credit to you as executive editor with your team, but we're thrilled and happy to have you as a guest on Well Now. So thank you and welcome.
2: Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. All right. So Kavita
0: and I started this episode talking about what we both mean when we say wellness. It was actually a really interesting conversation, but Isabel. I'd love to have you add your thoughts into the mix. How do you currently define wellness?
2: One of the ways that I define wellness is a freedom and pleasure. So freedom and pleasure in having a sense of control over your whole being. So when I say pleasure, I don't mean that every moment of life is pleasurable. I mean that ultimately that's what develops. That's sort of the overriding sense. And freedom in not being bound by certain disabilities, meaning thoughts or habits you don't like, it's having a freedom to live in the way that you want to live. But it's really hard to define. I think that we don't always recognize when we have a life that feels well, but we sure as hell know when we don't.
1: So, Isabel, just something that you said struck me as kind of a framing that I've been trying, especially with people who identify themselves as women largely, we need to shape the circumstances and how we want the wellness to be defined. And so much of wellness, instead of having this proper definition, like you are only well if dot, 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 you have a following, you know, body type, all these things— that you create those circumstances. So for some people that might be that they should lose weight because it can impact their health. For some people it's, I want to understand how I can bring a diet in that actually leaves me feeling with more energy or something I can model for my children. Not having a definition might be the most important takeaway for listeners because we can shape what wellness is and there is no one thing that it is.
0: That's exactly right. And you know, with that said, Kavita, you pointed out Specifically, women, right, in the context of wellness. So it makes me think about okay, well, who was the primary audience for these staple health and wellness magazines, specifically like Shape and Self? You know, like who were they? And how did these audiences evolve?
2: The way that it evolved throughout my whole history working with those magazines in particular is a real savviness that developed i think when i first started writing and editing in in the wellness world you know people knew some things and wanted a lot of information because of course everyone wants to feel good right as People became more and more interested and absorbed more information. They became incredibly, incredibly savvy. And so the conversation got more and more in-depth. And people wanted to know why, not just how. And also people started rejecting this idea that there's one model of wellness. When you're reporting on this and creating magazines that have covers, there are a couple things you need to do. One is you have to present an idea visually that gives a sense of where you're heading, right? Because wellness is a slow progression. It's a daily habit. And so you need to give this sort of big bang of like, this is where we want to go and then get into this is how we get there. And so it is a tricky problem, to deal with. It's a puzzle. Maybe it's not a problem. It's a puzzle. How do you show something that is indicative of a greater experience of a livelihood, of energy, of happiness, of pleasure, of doing the things that you want to do? How do you show that visually?
1: Isabel, I have always had this like mixed emotion with like the wellness industry and kind of how traditionally we think of it or I have as portraying, and, and this comes in large part by magazine covers, and still to this day, what imagery we see, which is often a very skinny cis white woman. And I will say, certainly better than 10 years ago, there's different images that we're starting to see kind of injected into the retail sector into media. But from your experience, what has that what I would say is still a pervasive part of like the traditional wellness industry. Who is that left behind and at what cost?
2: Whenever you have images, people are left behind. And that's one of the real hurdles with anything that is gonna be consumed as a magazine or a digital property, that the moment you put a picture to anything, whatever that picture is, it leaves out everything that it's not. Right. That's so sobering
0: to hear that. Right. And I don't ever think that I've heard it really categorized in that way. Right. That once you see an image, some people will resonate with it and others will say, oh, I don't see myself in that. I think about it from, you know, certain categories, so race, class, gender, Mm -hmm. etc. But that's so simple yet spot on. So then it's like, so what does this say about
2: the dominant images? It sounds obvious, but you have to remember the human element to it, which is those kinds of reactions. You'd think like, oh, you know, we're saying exercise and you will feel good and you will get fit and it's scientifically backed and so why wouldn't you do it? But why wouldn't you do something like that? It's because we're humans and we have quirky, reactions and we have feelings and they're instant. And so even if you show an image of somebody, say, to represent the idea of overall wellness with the assumption of like, well, we're just trying to show wellness. We're not trying to show this person. The people who are looking at it are going to have human reactions. And that might be, well, that's not me or that's not what I would do. And I don't know that you can adjust for that. I don't know that there's an answer really. I do know that it's been a struggle for women's magazines for a long time. And it's often been, you know, super skinny. And then the thought was, this is crazy. We want to show strong. We want to show muscles. We want to show endurance we want to show happiness we want to show this and so how do you do that even with cover lines on magazines those shifted you know forget the idea of beach body forget the idea of dropping pounds because none of that language was actually legitimate anyway you don't want to drop pounds if you want to lose fat because you think it's going to make you healthier that's not dropping pounds there's such nuance in the information now that can't be translated in a cover line
1: we're going to take a short break when we come back more about writing on wellness with journalist isabel burton you're listening to well now stay with us Welcome back. You're listening to Well Now, Slate's podcast on wellness. I'm Kavita Patel.
0: And I'm Maya Feller. Our guest is veteran wellness journalist, Isabel Burton. So Isabel, I'm curious for you as someone who's really been in this industry for decades, is there a definition of wellness that you've actually come across that you
2: do not agree with? I do not agree with the idea that wellness is about deprivation. I don't agree that it's about struggle and forcing yourself to do things that are truly miserable for you. I think that's the absolute opposite of wellness. Wellness should be something that you want to engage in. I mean, who doesn't want to feel well, right? I think everyone in the entire world wants to feel well. And yeah, people do things that they know, in the end, don't make them feel well. In the moment, it makes them feel well. That's why we do them. And we all do them, right? We all have as like, healthy as we feel, there are always those things that you do because you just, you do them. We're human. But that said, I really don't like the idea that wellness is something that is sort of the antithesis of what you really want. I think that wellness can easily be what you really, really want. And there is a way to do anything. You know, if you feel like you don't, exercise, there's a way to exercise that you will like. It doesn't have to be going to the gym. It can be swimming. It could be walking your dog, whatever your form of it is. And you can be creative in so many things. I mean, wellness is about being passionate about stuff. Okay. So I hear you, right? You said you can go outside,
0: go for a walk, spend time with friends. You don't have to go to the gym. I want you to talk to us a little bit about this idea that many people have that there are things that we need to purchase to be well, Mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, we are inundated with ads and imagery around all the things that we can and should purchase so that we can attain that oh so mysterious
2: wellness. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, there's a huge industry, obviously, my God. Um, And I think that's true of anything, right? As soon as people start to get interested in cooking, suddenly you need the tiny little contraption that's going to peel your lemon. And, you know, like I think that that's true anywhere. So wellness is yet another place where there are a gazillion things that you could buy um, and you don't need to buy anything. I think that where purchasing things comes in is people can get excited and get really juiced up about doing some new endeavor when they start to buy things. So you know, if you're just beginning to go to the gym, as one example, and you're trying to figure out ways to get yourself there and you're buying a cute outfit, it can be really exciting. And some people really love to have 8 million trackers to track every single thing that they do and sleep and all of that. And it keeps them going. So I think that if it's fun for you, then it can be helpful. But I am of the opinion that you don't actually need anything. I mean, humans have existed for a while and we've only had trackers for a short while. So I think I
1: think we're okay. So Isabel, to kind of close out on that theme of like being okay, what are some really just practical pieces of advice to help people kind of sift through all the information? Like how do we create some practical tips for people to approach all of this information?
2: If something feels good, and I mean, like an overarching good, not just good in the moment. I think you're on the right track. And I think you can navigate your way through wellness by paying attention to how things feel. And I think you want to be careful that you don't kind of succumb to the finger trap of wellness obsession and panic, because freaking out that you're not doing all the things is the antithesis of wellness. Wellness also means. Chilling out and resting and understanding that, like, if you're happy just sleeping in, then you're happy. Over and over from the beginning of time that we've been talking about wellness, these are the things that, like, there's no debate. Get in nature. Sleep. Eat food that is nourishing and that tastes good, that you like. Move your body And, you know, the brain is very complicated, but try to think of life as wanting you to do well, that things are not against you, things are for you. And see people, hit those elements, and you're moving ahead.
1: Isabel Burton is a veteran health and wellness journalist. Isabel, thank you on behalf of myself and Maya for joining us.
2: Thank you so much. This has been so fun. Thank you. I'm feeling well.
1: That's Well Now for this week. Our show is produced by Vic Whitley-Berry. Merit Jacob provided engineering support. Ben Richman is Slate's Senior Director of Podcast Operations. And Alicia Montgomery
0: is Slate's Vice President of Audio. If you have a wellness story you'd like us to cover on the show, email us at wellnow@slate.com, And be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us again next Wednesday as we
1: tackle another part of the wellness industry. I'm Maya Feller. And I'm Kavita Patel. Thanks for listening and stay well.